Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Private Suite Magazine interview series. I'm Indy Advant, and today I'm joined by Tyler, also known as Trash Ghost. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. We're very excited to have you. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Just uh, about um, 11 o'clock my time. I got about an hour and a half left of uh, awake time, and then I got to pass out for work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where are you exactly? Uh, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right in the heart of the Midwest. Sweet. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun city. It's a beautiful place. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love the architecture. And uh, spring is on its way. The sun's coming out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of a cold winter here. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> we got a tease just the other day of some amazing weather. Oh, my cat. My cat sneezed. <laughs> I think he might do it again. Old for cat sneeze. Radio. Uh, <laughs> <looks> so funny. <laughs> do it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about the weather. We got a tease here in Toronto of some beautiful weather just yesterday. Nice. And depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be warm here. But yeah, I can't wait. It's like we're like ants, sort of, oh. at least in Toronto. Like we're all we're <laughs> in our buildings. And then when it gets warm, we just kind of scatter into the streets like we fill them up oh yeah for sure it's it's hilarious (laughs) yeah it's been uh it's been pretty mild here i would say it's been constant like you know uh 30s and low 40s but uh in the afternoons and early evenings we've been getting like 50s and mid 50s i'm like what but i'm sleeping you know i'm sleeping that during that time so i i really don't get to enjoy it that much only in the mornings or evenings um unless it's unless it's my day off or something like that i'll go out and walk my dogs and enjoy the sun so what have you been up to apart from vaporwave lately uh typically work work is pretty draining it sucks um but other than that i mean um just spending time with my girlfriend and uh just playing on my computer not really not really doing much until like it starts to get warmer and then once that happens i'll start rollerblading more and uh just being out more i rollerblading yeah sweet yeah um i think people should start rollerblading more i don't know what the whole big deal about it is it's like you're running with wheels on your feet how fun is that it's pretty dope i did it for a couple summers in my hockey camp it was like outdoor summer hockey oh perfect roller hockey i guess yeah and people here in toronto do it all the time so it's coming back (laughs) yeah for sure yeah um yeah we have some nice trails in milwaukee that i like to ride on um i love just you know listening to music or podcasts and just riding on these trails especially early in the morning when no one's around really um it's just nice Mm -hmm. and peaceful and it's just really nice and um milwaukee's right off of uh, lake michigan so uh the some of the trails or paths that i take are like right on the edge of the lake there so it's nice to if it's early enough i can sometimes catch the uh the sunrise while i'm riding oh nice yeah it's pretty nice brimming with wildlife too oh yeah not disturbed by the people oh yeah so many birds um not so many other wildlife other you know squirrels are a must though they're just everywhere oh that's awesome we don't get too much nature here in toronto it's like little little pockets that they've set up right yeah, we got we got a lot of parks uh, within Milwaukee County. Um, the one that I usually ride past all the time is Veterans Park. 
uh, on Lake Drive, and it's, I mean, they got, always got something going on during the summertime. They, um, there's a spot where they have big kites that people can fly or they can rent out scooters and stuff like that. And, you know, in the evenings, typically they'll have, um, you know, cabanas open with, uh, like bars on the, on the lake and you can just have a nice bar on the beach and, or a beer on the beach. And I don't know if they still do it or not, but they used to do, um, like movies on the beach where they'd have an inflatable projector go out onto the lake a little bit and they'd play movies and you can either sit on the beach or you can uh rent a tube and just sit and watch in the water while you're watching that sounds amazing yeah it's really fun they usually do good movies and stuff like that um i think one year like when uh, the year after uh guardians of the galaxy came out everybody was all over it like all over the beach <laughs> that'd be a good sight to see here in toronto our beaches are are tiny like you can't you can't consider them beaches really oh that sucks yeah we have one it's like 100 meters by 50 meters maximum like probably less than that Uh uh-huh it's hilarious to see (laughs) people out there with their umbrellas and lawn chairs oh yeah for sure they got to get every inch of beach they can yeah but we take what we can get i guess centimeter sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) gotta do the metric yeah 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 that's so funny the imperial and metric is i I have to like kind of learn it all i think to be able to keep up with all the united states stuff because they're so prominent in the world oh i just wish we would convert honestly everywhere else in the world is is on your level and we're just still we're like the kids sticking their tongue out like i don't wanna yeah yeah well it does make sense sometimes i think because like in canada we actually have a weird hybrid system where when we're driving we'll say like you know we're going 100 kilometers an hour or a click is what we we say sometimes Uh, maybe not everybody in canada i don't want to speak for everybody sorry Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then we'll say, how much do you weigh? Oh, yeah, I'm 150 pounds. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> how tall are you? Oh, I'm five, you know, I'm five eight. Yeah. Five eight. How many centimeters is that? I thought we were talking <laughs> centimeters here. It's like, no, I'm, no unless we're driving. We're <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. So, I th- but I think it's easier to count in your mind feet and inches rather than centimeters it's like i don't even know how 170 maybe you got me yeah totally (laughs) so yeah it's it's interesting anyway enough of that nonsense let's talk about some vaporwave um you've been at vaporwave for a couple years now um so i have a lot of questions for you how did you first get into the genre and how'd you come across it how did it start slowly becoming a part of your life and eating away at you like a dime? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it was back in 2015. Um, I forget what I was doing, but the music I was listening to at the time was um, I was getting off of dubstep from 2011. Like, it, you know, as soon as like, um, who was it? Getter and Excision and all those guys started to come into the main light of uh, dubstep. I started to move away and towards uh, trap music. And then my brother had shown me, um, he had shown me uh, the Harlem Shake by Bauer, which I mean, you, I'm sure you're familiar with that, that phenomenon trend that happened whenever yeah. that was. And at the same time as him sending me that, he had sent me, um, 
Lisa Frank 420 by Macintosh Plus, and I kind of kept mm. it in my downloads folder. I didn't really bother looking at it, and I I just you know we me and him share a lot of music, so there's always stuff that's hit or miss with me. And that first that was a miss because I mean I was already listening to other music. Uh, I think I was getting more into like justice and ed banger i was familiar with those guys because of him but i was listening to them more and checking out their uh their you know other artists on the label um and then like more french house uh phantoms revenge and and people like that and then all of a sudden i don't know i just gave it a shot i forgot what i listened to but um yeah i just i always had i was always a fan of that slowed down music uh you'd hear it in in uh people sample it in their pop music sometimes they'd slow something down and i always liked that and just messing around with music in general and then and then i started to um look more into it because i i had a tumblr account around the same time it was 2015 so i'd see that vaporwave aesthetic those tumblr blogs with the looks and stuff and then you know, going on Reddit and seeing the um, the vaporwave subreddit and kind of just uh, looking around a lot more, and then eventually I just started, you know, um, listening to people on SoundCloud, and then the Bandcamp opened my eyes even further to the genre. Honestly, it's just everything you can think of. You know, any subgenre of vaporwave, it's all on Bandcamp. And what was that moment, that aha moment, when you're like? This is what Vaporwave is. Um, when I started out, like when I started to get into that, like, wow, this is really great stuff, was listening to um, Waterfront Dining's uh, Diners Club Part 1. Um, just, oh, yeah. just, hearing, just hearing a lot of these, you know, their collaboration, it's a collaboration album, but just hearing these people working together to make like this slowed down, groovy, just some sort of, you know, just miss it's mystery music it's you hear this music you know mainstream stuff but then you hear it in a different way it's just it sounds so different than what usually people are listening to and so i'm i'm always one of those kids that was you know out of the out of the circle of the norm stuff and i always liked out there things and yeah it was just something that really grabbed me in that way not only aesthetically but uh you know musically yeah josh starkey did an interview with us recently the uh you know one of your colleagues and we'll get into that later but uh, he made an interesting point it was um that when people off when often when people find vaporwave they're looking for something and they don't know what they're looking for but vaporwave has it Right. Yeah. No, that is really good. If I could add on to that just a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like I was looking for, you know, a part of me was looking for this sound, this interesting community of people or just these the visuals. I wanted more of it. And I don't know. It, I don't know what it is about the genre, but like it is almost like addicting and intoxicating at, at some times just because it's it's different and you know each time you're going to listen to something different you're it could be something you like it could be something you don't like but regardless it's like take repurposing this stuff that's already been made and just making it into something completely just out of control like i don't know you know it's, it can certainly get that way sometimes yeah 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 and you collect a lot of 
tapes too, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Can you tell us how you, you got into the whole physical world of the vapes? Right. So, like I said, when I was finding Vaporwave, I was going through um, the subreddit, and I happened to come across uh, Limousine's uh, Wrestling Wave album. And he was promoting, I think this was either his third or his fourth reissue of the album. And um, I don't know. I listened to it at first and I, I, I thought it was, I, I don't know, it was, just, it was different. It was, it's, you know, it's a wrestling album with the vaporwave feel and the vaporwave funk to it. And I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but that dude like made me one with that album. Like I have um, a podcast or another uh, podcast I used to do called Coast to Coast. And one of the um, albums I had reviewed for it was this album. And it's actually a really, a really funny uh, piece. I don't think I have it on SoundCloud anymore, but um, yeah, it, it's just an album that I fell in love with based on just the noise. This is the sound it made uh, was the, it was an album that I knew I wanted to have on some sort of physical format. I was either going to burn a CD, but he was advertising the cassette and it was like, I, I, I just had to have it for some reason. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, um, before I started collecting tapes, I was a big, uh, comic book enthusiast. And so I would collect a series from one, um, one, you know, superhero. And I don't know, it just kind of carried over from that. I just was like, all right, screw comic books. I love reading them, but like, you know, it's like I'm buying so many that I haven't been listening or reading them. So I'm like, well, let's try, you know, maybe take a break from buying uh, comics and check out uh, some tapes. Yeah. And so, you know, getting it in the mail and, you know, it's just getting getting that first cassette was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Not only is it just a physical form of media, but it's also a piece of art in the fact that the J card was designed a certain way. It was designed to fit and look in this case, the way it should be based on what the artist was looking for in their design. And then not only that, just the case, the, the shell design also the, the, either the pad printing or the sticker on it was also custom designed by that artist or that label that put it together. It's just a nice piece of, it's just a nice personal touch of someone's interest or their love for, the genre or whatever the the subject is of the album i think it's just it's just a little piece of that person and i i just i got addicted to it and just wanted to get to know people more based on their music and their interest you know just based like on their visuals and their of the media that they were putting out with this having that little piece of somebody you know based you know with physical media you know, sometimes they'll include like a personal message to you um, or even just, you know, a sticker or a button or anything like that. Just the, those little nice touches that like show that it's like something that was, you know, they put some effort and they put a little bit of heart and soul into it. And it's just maybe it's like, you know, a run of five tapes. Maybe it's a run of 10 tapes. Still, there's still like that little bit of like personal love put into each tape regardless of how many there were made for sure and when people you know i'm sure you have your collection on display when people see it what do they say and you know what do you say to them <laughs> uh 
I used to have, I still have my tapes in a rack right now. I've, I've taken them down and I've uh, set them aside um, just to kind of organize them. They're really out of order. But um, whenever I've had people come over to the apartment and ask about what they are, I generally just tell them it's a, it's a very unique genre of music from a, a different timeline, if you will. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just something different. Um, I try not to push it onto people. I try not to, uh, like, I do wish I could tell people all about Vaporwave, um, but some people don't see Vaporwave as a, uh, a good form of media or music rather because of these, how sample based it is just based on conversations I've had with people in person. Um, some people were a little skeptical about it or some people are like, well, is there anything original out there? I'm like, uh, yeah. Do you want to hear some of that? But, uh, other than that, yeah, just a lot of, uh, positive remarks other than, you know, talking about that. But, uh, the first thing that really draws their eyes, the art of the, uh, the J card. This beautiful spectacle of a, of a display on the wall, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you can't yeah. not see it. I also, yeah, like I also, not only do I collect the cassettes, but I collect vinyl. Um, I, I'm trying to pass on all the floppy and mini discs. I'm not interested in any of that format. So I think nice. sticking with cassettes is just perfectly fine. And it gives that, that aesthetic that people want with Vaporwave. For sure. But yeah. Any VHSs? Oh yeah, I have uh, I have a couple of VHSs. Um, some uh, uh, I guess ones that I can point out off the top of my head was um, I have both copies of um, the full screen and I believe the widescreen of um, Social Justice Warrior by Christ. Nice. That's probably my my favorite VHS. Yeah, it's such a good project. I love that project so much. Yeah, so you're a, an analog guy then, no digital except for CDs. Uh, I have a couple CDs. Otherwise, yeah, I listen, um, like say if I'm at work or something like that, I used to bring in a boom box, but I got, I got a little, uh, cautious because of, uh, the integrity of the tapes. You know, I, oh, yeah. I often do one playthrough of each, uh, each cassette I buy. And then I'll, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll probably just keep them in the case yeah um on in storage just in case you know anything happens that was actually my next question do you play your tapes <laughs> uh i've played my tapes a couple of times um for family members uh i'll i'll bring my walkman oh, and, nice. uh, to like a family event and they'll they'll be able to listen to what i've been making and not only that it just also gives them uh, a visual then i can show them the cassette case the j card you know tell them i've made it tell them i designed it who i worked with on it and stuff you know yeah for sure so uh yeah jumping into that you make a lot of music you've been doing it since 2017 is that right or i believe so yeah yeah and you've had a, a lot of really wonderful and well-received releases like uh, gloria wave for sure yeah, thank you um i didn't get to pick up a copy of that tape was it from uh, golf audio right yeah uh golf audio uh company did that it's with uh you know falcon 89 mist i can't remember how i got in contact with them but we were really we just started talking on twitter i believe 
yeah, I just started producing more music on SoundCloud. It wasn't really um, a full idea yet, but I just was getting started with um, uh, messing around with uh, FL Studio 12. And I just ended up, you know, messing around with Gloria Estefan songs because of one of Waterfront Dining's songs, Miami Wicked. Um, I used to watch that, you know, music video on YouTube all the time. And I'm like, man, that sounds such... Not that many people sampled Gloria Estefan when I when I found that song. I was trying to find people that knew if, if there was any. Mm. And it's not like I was a fan of hers as a child or anything like that. I, I, I'm familiar with her songs, and I knew she always had this, this 80s, this 90s um, pop vibe. You know, she's like the um, Southeast pop diva, I think, of that, of her time, I should say. Right, yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, who else was down there? Um, well, I don't know about down there, but you know, there are other artists similar to her that were popular on that time. Like, uh, oh, Selena too. But, uh, I haven't, I haven't checked out any other people that have sampled, uh, mm. Gloria Estefan, mm-hmm. except, uh, Hatena. I think it's Hatena or Hatina. Yeah. Um, uh, the recent release, I think it was, uh, contact. Uh, their first track is, uh, a Gloria Estefan sample or a future funk uh, version of a Gloria Estefan song. And I had to message them and commend them for their great work. Cause it was a sample I tried to do and I couldn't. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just depends on the genre you're looking for with this music. You know, I mean, some samples work with some genres, uh, some don't. And he happened to just make it work with future funk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to Gloria wave. Yeah. With the tape, um, we only did a small run. Yeah. Um, There were 10 tapes made, uh, and then I had five personally made to give out to uh, people that helped me out or inspired me to start producing music. And then, um, and then, you know, a copy for myself, maybe two copies for myself just to have just in case. Yeah. Uh, We have talked recently, or we have been talking about doing another reissue, but uh, I want to at least make a couple more songs for it or at least you know remaster some of the songs or maybe just keep them the same i think just keeping them the same might work fine but you know it's not bad to touch them up to make them sound a little bit better well i think it's a great record um we played a song at the beginning actually from that record uh count my love oh yeah awesome yeah um yeah that was one of the first very first songs i've produced um I was doing a lot of experimenting uh, in the beginning, uh, trying new things. Um, and then, um, I think it was uh, hyper battle on Reddit. Uh, they were, you know, it's always an open submission to people that want to, um, you know, if they either they're new at producing music or if they just want to test their, test their skills, you know, I ended up doing a lot of a couple hyper battles. Mm. Um, and then I got to know some of the people that worked with it. Um, Vitomo, was uh i think he was doing some of the organizing of the hyper battles and i had messaged him a couple of times about what the parameters were with those and and there's a couple other people that also uh took over yeah it was really cool and it was also interesting to start you know i wasn't actively on twitter around that time either so you know i started to get more active on twitter started following more people that i saw that were also listed in the uh the hyper battles and then, yeah, I just got to talking to a few of them. It was really cool. What about uh, your other record, Trash Phantom? 
or or, or garbage phantom depending on yeah how you either, translate either it. way um i like to consider that as a self-titled album it's it's kind of like my first i consider it my first official release as gloria wave was just a a project that was um a homage to um cat system corpse uh sandra wave um i'm sure uh people are familiar with that if you aren't uh i recommend you go check that album out now because that is pretty much my inspiration for starting to make music was that guy right there um but uh going back to garbage phantom yeah it was just me i was just uploading a bunch of songs on soundcloud um just uh experimenting with things and making trying new things out and you know it just uh um after gloria wave i got a message from uh the head of dmt florida uh Vito. yeah he said he, he really he really liked my style or my the, the noise i was making so he had offered to if i wanted to um release an album digitally through him and i I was familiar with uh, the the label based on um, you know seeing his um, his videos on YouTube and mm-hmm. um, hearing um, him talk about it on uh, th- uh, the 3D cast with 3D Blast and yeah just uh, I knew I knew it was an, a label that had been around for a long time and I knew that people were still you know putting stuff on it on that label so I'm like you know if this dude's reaching out to me like I it's an opportunity you got to take it so yeah it was just really fun to uh to, to throw that out there i wasn't really expecting that much of a, a reception after uh, gloria wave but you know that's the thing with um with producing vaporwave is you know there's a lot of self-doubt in people and you kind of got to just drive that down and just say you know what this is you know it's not for these people it's for me and you know if this is something i want to do then hell yeah like let's just do it and that's probably uh part of the reason why you're you know able to continue making music and have it continue to be well received right yeah um yeah just the other day you know i there you know people have their ups and downs when it comes to producing music um if you follow enough people on twitter you can see you'll fo- you know if you pay attention enough you can see when people are having a hard time or their release isn't going as well as they thought or it's just you know um or a scheduling issue or something like that. And I had myself uh, a couple of days ago, a little, a little upset in myself and uh, yeah, just the overwhelming uh, response I got from that, from people. It's just, it, it's like shocking to me. It's surreal uh, to know that there are people out there that enjoy my music. This is, I've only started doing this a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't something I've always been doing. I've never made music in the past. I've always messed around on the computer with, um, you know, samplers or, you know, what is it? Uh, flash games where you can put songs together based yeah. on their, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and that's just basically it. And then once you start, you know, listening to people and taking their advice and just, um, just getting your hands dirty in it you know you kind of just all of a sudden just you just start making music that you yourself are appreciating yeah well you know what you're a cool dude and you definitely seem to take it seriously and people don't always talk about that sort of thing but there's an unwritten sort of respect between people that do i don't know like yeah uh, like yeah this isn't like you know i have a full-time job 
Um, I, I like to spend time uh, making music when I can. You know, there's days where I'm, you know, or maybe weeks even where I'm in a drought or something new comes out and a, a video game comes out and I, you know, I hold off on it for a while or I write down ideas and they just don't stick well. And, you know, you just got to give it time sometimes. Um, just got to, you know, think it through, you know, just, you know, have as you, you can be serious, but at the same time, just have fun with it. It's, it's just so fun to just take a sample of something uh cut maybe two seconds of it and then just slow it down as slow as you can get it and see what the sound is it's just fun to goof around like that and going back to your record uh, trash phantom that got a tape as well through halcyon right yeah that's right um i had been collecting wizard of loneliness aka collins uh his tapes i became a fan of him through uh just based word of mouth through the uh, vaporwave cassette club i checked it out and uh we, we were talking privately because uh he was he didn't have it i was looking for tapes uh that he didn't have anymore on his store i was seeing if he had extras and we had just started talking more and more and we've kind of gotten a friendship so when he had seen my release through uh, dmt he had asked if we wanted to do a tape run and i said yeah let's do it and um i had um russell kilpatrick do the 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 uh, tape design and the j card um and uh he had sent it over to wizard and we put it all together and it was it was a pretty sweet release oh yeah for sure it's i i got that tape luckily awesome yeah thank you so much yeah i love the uh it's like that deep purple tint to the uh to the tape and just the overall design i just really loved what he did with it Mm -hmm. it's a really distinguished uh spine on the j card and the color like you said too yeah, I that that uh, that was all uh, Russell Kilpatrick. I had given him some ideas of what I liked. Uh, my, I think the main idea was just to getting um, the um, the Google Ghost on the cover. It was, I think, it's their their first or their second edition of that emoji uh, because it's been changed since then. Mm. But uh, I think it was a really cool, unique look to a a, a design for a ghost. Um, at one point I was like, let's do Casper. And I'm like, that's just too, that's just too, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no. don't know. It's just, I, yeah. It's, it's great. Like people are probably wouldn't expect that it came from an emoji. I've seen people, um, post that ghost around a couple of times, but yeah, I think what, what really makes this, uh, that album art look really cool is the fact that, um, it is the ghost emoji, but if you, in the thick lining of the emoji, it's trash. Like you can just see the trash bags and garbage, the tinted purple garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice. I'll have to check it out. For sure. Um, and then you also had a release um, of your record, Swiftly Tilting Heart. Uh, that was a split that you did with Valet Girls. How did that get started? Um yeah just like just like all of these um these conversations you know i I have conversations with people on twitter or on facebook uh he had reached out to me out of the blue after uh you know my dmt release and my tape release with uh, halcyon and he said he really you know once again he really liked my work and um 
Power Lunch came to him asking if he if he wanted to do a tape run, and he said, "Hey, I'm doing uh, I'm doing actual a full length release with uh, DMT in June, so I I kind of want to hold off on that." And he goes, "Well, you know, I'd still love to have you on the label if if you want to do a split with somebody." And he had sent me a message, and um, yeah, he just really liked my sound, and he you know we decided to work on it together. It was it was really out of the blue, but it was also the first opportunity I had to uh, collaborate with somebody on an album. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Yeah. Valet girls is awesome. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was just such an interesting release. Um, just the process we were doing, we had a lot of brainstorming before we started producing any songs. And, uh, we came down to the idea that part of the, his half would be more so, um like the feeling of falling in love that puppy love that you get with somebody when you first meet them just that um just that that raw emotion you get when you first fall in love with somebody and then my side was more so uh the complications the confuse the confusion or frustrations that happen in a relationship just that sort of vibe i was trying to give off and Mm -hmm. sometimes you know when you make albums like this with themes it often reflects on what's going on in your personal life and you know there are there are hiccups in relationships and stuff like that and you kind of use that emotion then to put into um you know your music yeah that's a great way to put it yeah it it was super interesting to work with him i had only heard his um his recent release um what is it the um I can't remember the name of it, but I remember seeing his album or his songs on uh, SoundCloud to get an idea. And I really enjoyed it. Um, beta programming. Um, there's another one. I can't remember. It's, it's Latin, mm. uh, ad lament. I, I can't remember it, but those are my two favorite songs by him. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely will try to work with this guy. Um, but yeah, you know, when you work with somebody on an album, you know, you have to be communicating a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And there, yeah, there were times when he, I believe was in school yet and he was doing his exams and we were trying to push the, uh, the physical design down. And, um, yeah, I think, I think what happened was, you know, he was doing his exams and I had to take the wheel a little bit, but I think he, you know, he enjoyed, um, the design I, we had, you know, before it obviously got printed, I had to make sure with him everything was kosher and everything was a hundred percent with him. And yeah, just I really loved how it turned out. Um, shout out to No Eyed Girl for designing their cover. I, you know, I messaged her a bunch of times for that how the, how the design wanted to be, and it turned out perfectly. I couldn't have asked for a better design of that uh, album cover. Nice. That's the with the girl kissing the mannequin. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, from the top going down, it's uh, valet girls to trash ghosts and the gradient pink and purple. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of aesthetics and album covers, uh, if you follow Trash Ghost on Instagram, maybe Facebook and Twitter also, but his Instagram specifically is filled with really cool aesthetics. Like, I, I don't know if you made them all or... Yeah, some some photography too, but it's some, there's some collages on there. It looks like like what's what what are you posting on the Instagram? Yeah, um, so when I first started posting more vaporwave uh, aesthetics on my Instagram, it started out with um, me doing my cassette tapes 
that I would collect every week. And uh, eventually it turned into me finding uh, apps and stuff because I really wanted to make more visual art than, um, than um, having other people's artwork shown on my, on my page. Okay. So um, I started using this app called, um, called glitch a it's a uh, glitch with an E at the end of it. I, maybe that's, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but um, I started using the app and I just started tooling around with it and uh, adding layers to photos. Um, a lot of it was, you know, screen grabs from YouTube videos from, you know, uh, commercials or uh, pictures I've taken in, in real life. And I've just made, you know, crazy edits with them. I just, I don't know. I just really wanted to explore that app and just, you know, try my hand at making art and, um, I've always been uh, somewhat of an artist. Like I like to doodle and stuff, but when it comes to digital media and digital art, I really just, I'm not a, I, I don't use Photoshop. I don't use after effects or anything like that. I strictly use my cell phone for art and uh, editing photos and stuff. Really? Even the cover of your new record, um, Spectral Lament, is that it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's, um, that piece of art that I made for that cover was, um, I can't remember the commercial I found it in, but it was a, it was an old Milwaukee commercial, I believe for just either promoting a news station or it was just, you know, um, just, Hey, Milwaukee kind of commercial. And it had this really cool blue, outline of our skyline and then the guy that's sitting in the chair that's layered on top of the image of the skyline is from a an old radio station commercial that was um very very aesthetic um if you find me or google me or on youtube me on uh, my name you can see that commercial i believe i have it up you can see the little bits of it it's uh cool. I can't, I can't remember the name. I think it's hot 103.1 or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's just, you know, I, sometimes I find really cool screen grabs when I'm watching these commercials and I, I just make some edits to them and make something crazy. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. And just to have the motivation to do it, you know, is is great. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when your brain doesn't want to make things, you know, um, using audio, you just, you want to make something more. Yeah. Just sometimes if, yeah, I'm not feeling great about, uh, the way things sound, I, I like to make things look good. That's awesome. No, they, it's like you can kind of compliment the visuals with the audio and the audio with the visuals and kind of get ideas flowing through the other channel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You had a record come out on the label immersion complete not too long ago called problem solve. It was an EP. And what was interesting about that is I don't know where to hear it. I can buy the tape, but I can't actually hear it on the, Bandcamp. Uh, can you tell us the story behind that record? Yeah, so um, I had originally released it as Problem EP, um, which was uh, mainly about sleep deprivation. I forget how I got on the topic of it. I think it was just because of the atmosphere after a swiftly tilting heart with valet girls was ending mm. and it was kind of moving into the, uh, the fall season, the Halloween season. So I wanted to do something a little bit more ghoulish. So 
I just kind of wanted to capture maybe what it would feel like if I had sleep de- deprivation or uh, sleep paralysis. Okay. And then um, they got in contact with me about it because I had uh, I had released it digitally on my Bandcamp as just Problem EP, and they wanted uh, they wanted to do a tape run of it, but they wanted a couple more songs or a, a little bit longer. Mm. Um, to justify making a tape of it. So I ended up coming up with um, the solved side of it, which was supposed to be you waking up and feeling, just feeling that warm, that warmth of the sun after you wake up from either an afternoon nap or just, you know, a long night's rest. And um, what ended up happening with that is, um, I believe it's Modern Fount. It's ran by Modern Fountains. And uh, I can't, is it Ara? Aramasa or Arasma? I can't remember yeah. his name. I apologize, Joel. I'm sorry, Joel. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, he is from um, Europe. Um, Joel is. Apologies for not remembering your nickname. Um, but Modern Fountains was from New Jersey, and he wanted to do a tape run of it. Everything was going great, and um, I was. I think it was at the end of October or mid-November, uh, we kind of had a little uh, bad time in communicating. I don't know what was going on with him, but all of a sudden he just disappeared. And, um, you know, there, I know there's a couple of people that have bought the tape and I feel really bad because I'm not 100% sure if they actually were made or not. Um, and Joel had made a couple of statements on Twitter about the uh, his disappearance and what's going on with the label. Oh, yeah and um we don't know if it's serious or what happened i mean it could be he's going to school it could be you know he's just taking break from his computer or something happened we don't we don't know uh we haven't heard from him uh, him from a long time crazy and so i i feel super super bad for anybody that bought that tape i apologize and it's out of my hands i wish that there's something i could do about it um, but I mean, if you are one of those people that did buy a tape and you do want like, say, um, a physical album of that, I can burn you a CD and I'll send it to uh-huh. you free of charge. It's no big deal to me. But like I said, I do have, um, the problem EP on, uh, my band camp page. Uh, it doesn't have, um, the, uh, solve side to it for, uh, a, a very good reason. I used those songs for a future release, which actually released uh, not that long ago. Oh, well, there you go. That's the beauty of the genre, I guess, right? Does some things go missing, yeah. but then what goes around comes around. That's right. I mean, and that's the fun thing with this this genre. I mean, or just in general, when you make music, is like you don't have to you don't have to put your music on a specific album. Like you can plan on it or you can take it down. You can do whatever you want with it. It's your music. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of other people's music, can you tell us about your little, I don't know if it's a project or what you're calling it, but it's um, my attempt at Vaporwave series where you (laughs) you kind of uh, scrape the... (laughs) <laughs> the vaporwave subreddit for material that has that phrasing in it my attempt at vaporwave and you talk about it um that's a really interesting idea where did it come from yeah so i used to do a podcast when i first started collecting tapes i, I don't know if it was around the same time i started producing gloria wave and and garbage phantom but 
I got influenced by just hearing, uh, like I said, once again, 3D Blast, 3D Cast. Um, There needed to be more Vaporwave podcasts out there. And as someone who also frequently listens to podcasts in general, I thought I'd give this coast to coast an idea where I would review uh, the cassettes in my collection. It sounded awesome at first, but, you know, when these projects come about, there's always procrastination. There's always the willingness to give up and all this stuff. You know, it's, there's always these, these things that happen to these projects, but I'm glad I made the few episodes that I did of that. And so I, I, there was a part of me at the same time that had started noticing a lot of people coming into the subreddit, um, either attempting to make vaporwave or asking if something is vaporwave or you know if if they can mark it off as vaporwave in any way possible and they they don't get upvoted they don't get uh you know you don't see them getting really popular or anything like that there's maybe a handful that actually get uh noticed very well um but I, I decided just wanting one day just being like, you know what? Like, I think these people like at least need some advice if they're not getting it from anybody in the comments, like just, and that's the thing too, is, I mean, I don't know if they're actually checking these podcasts out. I, I really hope they do and hear what I have to say. It's not, I'm not like an expert on how to produce this music, but I do know the beginning steps of how to make it the way you want it to sound, or at least aesthetically sound. Uh, and I just started digging around on the subreddit and just started goofing around with it. That's no, that's really cool. And, you know, I admire the time that you're taking out of your day to day to sit down and not only review this material, but actually, you know, write down your ideas, put them into a kind of uh, episodic form and, you know, play the music, download it. It all takes a lot of time. And I certainly do hope these people have heard because you're maybe the only voice that has some kind of uh notoriety to it yeah yeah um yeah just like um typically what i'll do is i'll you know when i'm at work and i'm on break i'll just peruse the subreddit and i'll see i'll try to type in the keywords and stuff and when i whenever i grab it i'll save that link or that um the posts they make and uh i do it every sunday or i've been trying to do it every sunday it's sometimes it's been p- pretty hard but i need to get back into it i'll just i'll do it all live i'll uh, i'll listen to about a minute 30 of the beginning of each song and if it's you know maybe it it's an ambient type of song i'll kind of skip through it and just see where they're at with it and then you know it, i also check out their soundcloud or if they have a band camp i'll you know depending on how how i like it I'll check out some of their other songs or their other material that they got. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always nice to reach out and see what else is being made out there than hearing the same old, Oh, have you guys heard a uh, floral shop or Hey, is home resonance? Is that, is that vaporwave? I, you know, it gets, you know, it's 2019. There's so many people in this, in this world in this in this culture that make this music it's it's about time like someone speaks up for like the little guy or these people that are trying to start out it's not easy to start out um it takes time it takes effort you know you just got to stick with it and i really hope that the people that i've reviewed in their songs they're at least improving or at least trying to make more music 
uh, that's all I can hope for. For sure. You know, it's, you're doing a, it's a valiant thing. Um, I had one question about it because I just noticed it when I was doing research for this interview and I don't know if it exists anywhere apart from your SoundCloud. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I keep it on my SoundCloud. Um, I feel like if I make more episodes, I'll try to I'll try to either put it on YouTube or I'll try to upload it onto Bandcamp. Um, typically, when it comes to um, my SoundCloud, that's where I usually put all my tracks or all my new projects that I make. Um, I don't I don't really publish anything on Bandcamp or YouTube unless I know it's like 100% complete. Right. I just had an interesting idea where like if you're doing it for the people that whose material that gets released and you know, you're reviewing it, if you're doing it for them, you know, it would be great if they get the help from you, of course. So this podcast is awesome. But what also might be cool is a video a YouTube kind of video series or take the brand that you've established and bring it over and maybe rework the songs like in your DAW. Oh, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there have been times when I've, I've, uh, thought about, uh, live streaming on Twitch, uh, doing some of my process, showing my process and everything like that. Uh, but another part of that though, is the fear of, um, just the judgment of how my how I work my music and everything oh, yeah. like that. That's, it's that's very true. It, it's just you know, there's a lot of people that know what they're doing when it comes to a DAW, and sometimes I am ashamed to admit that I don't know what I'm doing half the time. But that's the beauty of using uh, a, a DAW and uh, making music like that is not knowing what you're getting into. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting. Like there's these people who are you know, industry professionals who know this stuff inside and out. And then there's people who kind of know it, people who know it a little bit. And it's a, it's a weird genre for that because people are at each other's throats as I'm, I'm sure you've seen maybe partly has influenced your reservation about doing that because it's like, if you, if these people who are so good at it have put all this time into it, they might not want these secrets to be given away for free because they paid to go to school to learn them and, you know, things like that. Right, right. Uh, one big issue, it's not really a big issue with me, but I've seen it happen frequently lately is when um, a listener will comment on either a track or on a post someone made about their music and they'll ask what the sample is that they used. Now, I'm not really, like I said, I'm not really, it's not, I'm not opposed to answering that question, but a part of it is like, you want to keep that just a little mysterious to the, to the listener. Like this is supposed to be a reworked, you know, I mean, you can't say that it's your work, like, you know, how, how much of your work is actually your work. Right. And so when you hear people asking about the, uh, what the sample source was, it's kind of like, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just let that be not known? Like, just let that be the mystery of the genre for you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the genre was built off of, like I said, in a previous episode, circumventing copyright. So part of the idea is, you know, we don't want people to know sometimes. Yeah. A funny story about that too. Um, 
I should have said it when we're talking about Gloria, uh, Gloria wave. But, um, uh, like I said, I did a small run of that. And one of the, uh, one of the people that, uh, bought it was actually Gloria Estefan's son. No way. Uh, he's actually, yeah, he's actually a huge vaporwave fan. That's amazing. He's a huge, yeah, he's a huge cat system corp fan. And so, um, I think it was, uh, NIST had told me that when the sales were going on that, um, he had confirmed it with him that he was in fact a Gloria Estefan's son. So it was about like nine 30 at night and I'm like just hopping in the shower and I send him a message like, Hey, I'm just, Hey, uh, is this a Gloria Estefan's son? Um, I'm a huge fan of your mom. You know, I, I really mean no disrespect to your mom and her music and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I hop in the shower and I let it sit there and I'm thinking about, oh my God, what, what will he say when I get back out of the shower? <laughs> and then as soon as I hop out, like I throw a towel on and I read my messages on Facebook and he's like, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm her son, but I have to tell you, um, I spoke to, uh, golf audio and we're doing a cease and desist and uh i'm gonna be sending you an email shortly about the cease and desist with my lawyers here i'm here i am like half naked just got out of the shower like what the f is going on right now and i'm like dude are you serious i'm like furiously typing to him like are you serious right now and he's like nah dude just kidding someone (laughs) had to do it eventually And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, I cannot believe I, I was like, I got to go to work in a little bit. I was about to throw up. Like, I can't believe you just did that to me. Oh my God. I um, guess he did buy it. Right. So that would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just like, no, I admire, I admire your work and I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate you, you using my mom as a sample and, you know, he's, he, he, we just had like a little, a little interaction about, you know, him growing up with her. It was really nice. It was, it was, it was really surreal to like have that kind of conversation with somebody and seeing the impact of that music I have with somebody has. That is a hilarious story. Oh my God. Yeah. And what really sucks though, is I really want to tell people about that story, but, uh, what was it earlier last year or whatever? haircuts for men got hit with uh with some uh copyright stuff mm-hmm. for one of his uh one of his albums and it's it's really unfortunate um but at least I, I you know he's still kicking it he's still making music um he had started that other other project but it seems like he's coming back to haircuts for men and, yeah forbidden I mean, it's, yeah forbidden creme like uh it's it's great stuff but like you can't go wrong with the haircuts for men project it's just always jazzy it's always very very awesome yeah i have a lot of his stuff luckily yeah because it's getting more rare these days yeah considering that i think uh business casual took his album off um i don't know if um I think uh, Bedlam tapes, uh, R.I.P. Bedlam, but they, uh, I think they took his album down yeah. too. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I mean, those, those are some classic albums right there, and they just they got it taken down because of you know uh, someone sampling someone you shouldn't have, or someone finding out about a sample. Yeah, exactly. It just always it brings us back to that original point of you know we're we're making this for ourselves, and then it kind of gets out of control and other people like it so much that you're caught between yeah the the real world steps in and puts their corporate shoes on and kicks us down to the curb yeah it's like do i keep (laughs) my 
project that everybody loves and I've put years of my life into and is a part of me? Or do I, you know, risk, continue risking like the bigger you get, the bigger risk you're taking? Right. But I guess there are people that have sort of shifted a little bit, like a lot of future funk producers, for example. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge future, future funk fan. Uh, I do appreciate um, a lot of the early works of um, Desired and uh, Night Tempo. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, th- there are a lot of new artists out there too. A lot of few, new future funk guys that are out there right now, like Barb Walters. Uh, his new album that just came out on Business Casual not that long ago is absolute fire. If you guys haven't checked that out, definitely do it. But yeah, um, Vaporwave 2, you know, that whole that whole new genre that's coming out. Uh, you know, you got uh, Echo Droid, you got uh, Surfing as the classic uh, proto-Vaporwave 2. Uh, t- uh, Dan Mason, of course, you, you got to get Flippy Flippy Tom Tom in there. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, those guys, th- those guys are, are paving a more, uh, a more easy path for... Um, uh, copyright, you know, free music. And, and on top of that too, like vocals, like get some singing in the, you know, it's, it's amazing that these, these guys are, you know, coming up, they're like a step ahead of everybody with this, uh, vaporwave two stuff they're doing. Uh, I just, I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Which genre of vaporwave is your favorite? If you had to pick one. Okay. Um, I would say the one, the one that stands out to the me, me the most, um, that I mean is just completely alien to everything else. That's vaporwave is slush wave. Mm. Um, just the uh, just the phaser. The uh, I, I can't remember the the specific term analogy. The terminology they use for uh, the filter they use. I think it's called the like a barber pole or the shepherd's pole or something like that. Mm. Um, just the, just the way that the phaser comes in and out or it it works with the music. It just, it sounds so alien. It sounds like from the 23rd century, it's just crazy. Um, it just, it's chill. And at the same time, it's kind of, it's just haunting in, in a way. It's just like you're walking down a huge corridor and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I can't really, ex- I mean, I could try to explain it, but I, I think it's just better to stay mysterious like that. It's just an interesting genre of vaporwave that stands out to me the most. And it's mm-hmm. just, uh, who is it? Uh, Fibonacci. Uh, he's a big vaporwave, uh, slush wave producer. You got, uh, we got um, Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night is a big one that's been coming up. He's been coming up pretty well in the scene. I know you guys did a, uh, in last issue he had his tape um what is it called sparkling water that was on palm 84 um yeah he's he's becoming something pretty big right now Uh, if you if you're into slush wave uh mind spring memories is also another big one um i'm loving i'm loving every album release or every tape release they put out because i mean she's been doing this for a while now and it's not even her main project and uh, was it uh, Infinity Pool and um, I can't remember the other label, but they're doing a vinyl release of uh, one of her albums, and I'm, it's just amazing that people really love this ambient slush music. It's just, mm-hmm. 
it's incredible. It's, it's interesting, uh, compared to, uh, say classic vapor or late night lo-fi. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, I often ask people what they think the future of vaporwave is. Um, and you know, maybe I can get your answer on that too, but, uh, uh yeah, like future funk is kind of blasted off over the past six months to a year. It's been around for quite longer than that, but it's almost its own genre in a way. And I could sort of maybe see that happening with slush wave too. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just not, I'm not hundred percent sure how slush wave will, uh, you know, a live show. I've never seen a live set of slush wave before. So, I mean, if, um, if people like, uh, one Oh tricks point never can do like a nice, uh, like, I don't know, an hour too long uh, of his sets with like, you know, his type of music, I think slush wave can make an impact that way too. It's just, it's, it's a long winded form of music sometimes when it comes to, uh, say virtual dream plaza, uh, you got tracks that are ranging from 16 to 31 minutes. Um, it's, I mean, Hey, like it's, it's for some people, it's not for some people, but I think, um, yeah, with uh, back on future funk. Yeah. I think future funk has made an, uh, a really good mainstreams, uh, impact, uh, when, it, especially when it comes to say French house or, um, you know, any other dis Italo disco, um, kind of, kind of stuff like they, yeah they're they're making their way young bay and um all those other guys they're really putting themselves out there and i i love it i love seeing these people start from you know these little guys that maybe had like a cult following on the internet now doing sold out shows in brooklyn los angeles all that stuff um i did catch a little bit of the uh couple people sets from south by southwest uh, I think it was Azure Sands and uh, Mist were going back to back, and then oh, I wow. saw a FM Skyline uh, do a little bit of snippet on there from his set too. Uh, it it'll it'll work. Uh, I remember seeing on I believe YouTube or uh, clips of the old uh, what is it SPF 420 uh, live streams they had back in the day when Vaporwave was in its heyday, like the golden era with. Um, with Vectroid and Blank Banshee all live streaming online, uh, Esprit uh, Fantasy, you know, he, them doing their live sets on Twitch and stuff. I think, I think just doing live stream shows is is a perfect way to do um, a vaporwave show. I think that's you know it's from the internet. I think it should stay on the internet. But there's you know there's always room for um exploring uh venues and stuff you just have to find the right group of people in real life to uh get something organized like that exactly it might be more practical to get something going online because you can get thousands and thousands and people from all over the world tuning in at the same time absolutely uh considering uh, a couple years ago uh I think it was 3D Blast and Carta 95 and Wizard of Loneliness came together and we did a, we did a, uh, uh, we did like a winter, uh, Christmas, uh, stream on YouTube, which was a huge turnout. It was a, uh, it was a donation stream. It was a charity stream, I should say. Uh, people donated to Toys for Tots. I believe we made over a thousand dollars just by, uh, people either submitting their content or just having messages sent out to the vapor ether that's phenomenal and it really says a lot about the community i think live streams are a really great idea actually i'm not sure why we're, we're not seeing more of them 
like you're saying, uh, actually it would be nice to be able to go back um, into the past when Vaporwave, you know, was first starting, you know, 2011, 13, like you were saying, and see those live streams from those original people. But um, I did see a live stream for Strawberry Station's new Future Funk record. So okay. it was like, a, it was really neat. It was a countdown live stream. Uh, and so we were able to listen to the record before it came out. And we were all, you know, everybody was talking in the chat, really hyping it up. Right, and yeah. There was a lot of activity. It was a really exciting thing. And it's like when it was over, people had nowhere to go. There was, There is no Twitch live stream for Vaporwave that would be an equivalent you know, it's like, so I think yeah, there's, um, there's room for it. Yeah. Uh, well, Vapor uh, vapor Memory on YouTube does a really great job at doing live streams yes. of very specific subgenres. And he'll do those album release um, streams, which are uh, it not only not only are you communicating with the artists that actually made it, but you're communicating with the uh, the group of people that also enjoy his music, or maybe you got a, a comment to say how fire that awesome that album or that track was, or something you you know you can't really normally communicate with the artists because they're you know either not on social media as often or you know you just never see them so i think yeah i think live streams i really really hope people would do more live streams i know that 3d blast once again 3d blast um he does a lot of live streams on twitch he'll do um they do um was it called flip Friday where they'll take yeah. a, a sample and they'll, they'll try it out or he'll be, you know, at two in the morning uh, working on a track or something like that. It's always nice to pop in there once in a while. And he doesn't have much traffic, which is really disappointing considering that, you know, you guys are, you guys are seeing like the, uh, the heart and soul of what's going into this music, especially as someone as talented as him, you get to see like, the way how he works and how he how he manages to get those you know sonic samples in or samples he uses it's it's incredible to uh to really get into the mind and the eye of uh of someone making music especially in this genre yeah randy is certainly a boss i popped in there a few times and it's just an indication that he's such a good guy and so active is i think someone's brought him up every single podcast i've every single interview rather i've had so far yeah His i mean he just deserves, comes up so much yes he puts himself out there yeah. he he puts himself out there not only as a musician but as someone that likes to stream he's just regardless of who's watching you know he'll be in his discord talking to friends and stuff and that's you know maybe that's all he needs and whoever pops in pops in it's it's not a big deal but it's cool i i'll, I'll check it out when i'm at work sometimes and just to see what they're what he's working on it's awesome mm -hmm. it's an interesting time for vaporwave uh i wouldn't even know how to call it communities because now we're seeing all these different discord servers for example come up with uh, under different uh for different reasons like private suite has one 3d blast has one palm 84 has one pad chennington has one vaporwave reddit has one subreddit uh, cassette one has one uh, and that's just off the top of my head so i feel like randy's doing great work but people are so disconnected from one another because it's like okay hey, which discord do i hang out in 
Right. Um, um, do I just hang out in Randy's to, in order to see him post when he goes live? Right. Yeah. And and it's really hard to to catch things on Twitter if you're following so many people. Yeah. It's it it be, it, it becomes really um, frustrating sometimes. I'll uh, you know I'll go on the subreddit and I'll see somebody post like, "Hey, here's a vaporwave Discord," and it's, you know. Hey, there's another, this, this one's, uh, this one's about this. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's a little, it's a little disheartening to, um, to see so many of these, uh, discord servers popping up when there are these already like these, these servers that already have a solid foundation of members. And it's, it, you know, and then when you join those servers, there's those, those channels where it's just, you know, different types of things going on in them. And so I don't think, I don't think we need that many. I mean, there are maybe five. You can join five of them, <laughs> but make sure they're like very specific for what you're looking for. Because I mean, yeah. like, yeah, there's Vaporwave is just an umbrella, and it's like it just goes. Each corner yeah. of the umbrella is just all sorts of different genres. It's it's hard to find what you like, especially when you are joining all these servers and you are having a hard time. I don't know, maybe having a conversation with somebody, but I found the most active one that I've joined is the Vapor Memory uh, server. He, I mean, there's just so many people in there that are always talking in the general chat. And then, you know, if you want to buy a tape or sell a tape in there, there are also options or channels for that. Or if you want to talk uh, voice channels, you know, you got those too. Uh, yeah, Vapor Memory is great. He's He's doing so much good work for the community. Oh, absolutely. Is it multiple people, actually, or just the one guy? It is just the one guy. Um, I know other people run the run the uh, the server, or at least get help from uh, other people. But the channel, him uploading everything is just one person. Um, and that's, that's how it is with most of these, uh, some of these, uh, labels or, you know, some of these people, they just, it's a one man job or a one man show. And, uh, sometimes it can be really stressful on a person. I totally get that considering you are taking responsibility of all those things. And, you know, it just, you know, you gotta take your time with things. Um, I think, uh, it's not easy running a label. Ran a, ran a label i probably don't have any plans to considering how many there are out there now um when i started and i just think it's it's incredible the um, proactiveness mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's the word how proactive these people are with um starting a label and uh getting something started it's it's not easy it's it really isn't you know it, everything costs money it's resources it's getting the people together it's communicating with these people and then on top of that it's having to then work with the uh the postal services to make sure that your stuff is getting there on time or safely just like uh for example um 100% electronica, you know, George Clanton, not only is he a proficient uh, musician and, and a live performer, but he's, he's running a label with not only him, but his girlfriend, uh, negative Gemini. And I believe someone else helps him too. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like the, uh, the success that these people have within these labels though. I mean, selling out of a tape within like minutes, uh, for example, uh, Geometric Lullaby has a lot of great releases. 
and a lot of great designs and it's just him doing it. Um, it's incredible. The, uh, the power that some of these people have, you know, and I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a job. It's a, it really is yeah, a job. It, and if you have really a job is. already, like you do. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of work you got to put into that. And I, I appreciate everybody that puts their work into these labels. Um, digital physical doesn't matter like you guys you guys all do a really good job with uh putting out product and music it's just incredible it will and you too my friend <laughs> thanks thank you thank you yeah i'm trying <laughs> uh speaking of uh, all this music and, and labels and everything do you have a favorite vaporwave record maybe based on the aesthetic or based on the music yeah so um there um you know, it all depends on the mood you're in. You know, you, there's so much, there's so much vaporwave that can make you feel certain emotions. Um, but I think overall picks, I, I have three picked out that are like my top favorites. Um, I'll start with uh, Chuck Person's Echo Jams Volume 1. I mean, that's just a album I listen to almost every week because of just how, uh, I mean, people might think it's lazy. People might think it's not really vaporwave or whatever they want to think it is but i think it's just a, a perfect example of how to isolate a sample and then mess around with it as much as you can or maybe as little as you can and make something creative and make something unique out of that one sample even if it's just a little a little riff or anything like that you just it's just amazing the uh what what that has become uh as a as a genre echo jams or eco jams whatever you want to call it um uh, and then for slush wave i have to go with the uh the slush wave king of them all telepath with his album dreamland um that was a album that i had been searching for on tape for quite a while it it uh man tapes are so expensive depending on what what the album is and I remember spending, I think it was like 70 bucks on this album. And it was totally worth it too, because the, the, it's just, a, it's a great album, a great example of what Slush Wave is. And I think it's just also a perfect example of what Telepath is capable of with his sampling. And uh, the last one I have to pick is uh, Death's Dynamic Shroud. Uh, I'll try living like this simply because it's, not necessarily vaporwave it's new world and it's uh in my opinion um it's just a, a fantastic album uh that whole that whole group i i uh um you got hcmj you got tech honors and you got giant claw or, or keith rankin as some people know him as his, uh, as an artist um those three guys i mean just their story about their friendship and not only just the similarities in their style of music or sound and just coming together to make an album together. Like, um, like, uh, Keith and James came together to make, I'll try living like this. It's just, it's a fantastic album with a lot of glitches, a hint of K-pop hint of, uh, electronic music, you know, and just all, it just goes all over the place in that world. And, uh, I, I'm, uh, really happy to have, uh, I guess been a part of this, uh, this life to have heard that because it's not something I've ever heard before. Um, so you have to go on a bit of a tangent, you have a, do, is every release that you put on SoundCloud on a record? That's right. Yes. So, uh, my process when I make an album 
I'll uh, I'll kind of do a lot of uh, sample hunting on YouTube. Generally, I uh, depending on what I'm making or this last album, Spectral Lament. I try to do a lot of. Uh, I wanted to experiment with some signal wave or just try and find some um, some broadcast uh, local broadcast um, songs or anything anything local that I can find within the realm of the '80s or the '90s. I had to get a little taste of my city and my music. And um, other than that, um, I'll do uh, track by track on my SoundCloud, and then once I have like a. a what I think is a, a considered an album, I'll, uh, I'll compile it together. I'll listen to the tracks back and back to back, and uh, try to rearrange them in a way that I think is, you know, uh, what sounds uh, aesthetically pleasing to the ears. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how any uh, anybody else works. I know that I, I'm not one of those people that likes to release uh, two tracks from an album and then keep it all secret. I like to let everybody listen to it. I like to. I like to just put myself out there and see what people think. And I, yeah, I pay attention to the comments and the the numbers I have for plays and stuff. And I'll, I'll judge that based on uh, if I wanted on the album or not. There was one song I wanted to ask you about specifically, just because I know I've heard that sample elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't find where the sample was from. But if, to me, it seems like a very common one. And I'm actually curious to see if there's a bigger story behind it. It's the one you used in your song, Flutter. So the song I used for that was, it's Can't Get Over You by Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. Uh, I've heard the song maybe three times. Uh, once when I was actually at work at the grocery store. And then, uh, yeah, I just was listening to it a couple of times. And I just was uh, really feeling the really feeling the, the beat. And I wanted to make a Plunderphonics type of track out of it. And... I don't know. It just, it came out, uh, really unique. And I, um, actually had to listen to that track today. Uh, the, uh, the actually origin of uh, that sample. And I was like, yeah, this is not what I remember it being at all. (laughs) Um, there's also another song that I sampled that I completely forgot about. Um, it's off of, um, a swiftly tilting heart. It's the song Careless, and it's um, actually a George Michael song, the famous George Michael song with the saxophone in it. Um, I completely forgot what I like, what sample that was, or then you know, I, like I even right now, I don't even remember the name. But um, yeah, it's just I completely forgot. I that's typically how I am though with uh, my music. Um, because you want to, you want to believe it's your music. You want to believe yeah. it's something that you've made. And so sometimes, you know, depending on how old the, the project was or how old the album was, you kind of forget the uh, the sample sources for that. You kind of, oh, it's something that I made, you know. And I guess it's a good sign if you do forget it, isn't it? It is a good sign. And then, and then a part of it too is, um, you know if say i wanted to upload something to youtube like uh it's also a good indicator to see if if the uh, youtube algorithm can actually see or detect yeah uh if you've used the sample so i've actually withheld putting my half of swiftly tilting hard on youtube simply because the first track is is not it's not sampled well enough that it uh, mm-hmm. i can get away with it which is really unfortunate but mm-hmm. that's them's the breaks that's the way she goes that's right so to bring back something i mentioned briefly at the beginning of this episode is your one of your colleagues is josh starkey 
What is he a colleague of yours from? From the beginning of uh, collecting tapes, I had joined the Vaporwave Cassette Club on Facebook. It's a closed group, uh, which was kind of surprising to me, but I soon to find out why. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, you know, I, uh, I just joined it as a member. Uh, when I started doing my photos and putting them on Instagram, I started to share them on Facebook and within the group. I remember I've done uh, two unboxing videos of uh, a couple actually uh, on, on there. And I don't know, I've always been really communicative uh, to the, uh, to the staff or the, the other, the other guys. And uh, eventually, you know, I, I had been talking to uh, Yorint or Cat System Corp, uh, privately for some time uh when i started collecting his tapes and uh he, i think he or someone threw up the idea of adding me to the uh, admin or moderator team just to get another person in there to clear up the queue a bit um there were a lot of changes happening internally at the time with those people uh, i think it was in carta 95 vape error hexadecimal cat system corp um i'm trying to remember what his name is oh um davis from um uh, uh was oh, it midnight moon tapes i think at the point that when i joined the group uh some of those those label heads were actually not really focusing their time on facebook or at least within the group so they were uh they were looking for some help and i just happened to be uh someone that was active enough and someone that seemed to know um how to operate or manage a group online mm -hmm. um it which which really uh takes me back to my uh webcam chat room days or you know from like you know joining chat rooms and stuff on aol and being an a moderator being an admin in those groups too it just really was uh yeah, it was just a it's, it's a pleasant experience it's nice to um see what new people are coming out with each week and um and just not only that, just seeing the the new tapes that people are interested in. Um, it's always fun to also have conversations with those guys about, uh, you know, uh, what's going on. You know, we might just be shooting the shit about, you know, our everyday lives, or we might be talking about label stuff, like the, like some top secret label stuff that happens. Um, yeah. But other than that, it's just, yeah, it's just... Um, I'm just there to uh, make sure you guys get your posts approved and make sure you're not posting stupid stuff like, you know, uh, uh, videos or pictures that don't have anything to do with uh, vaporwave cassettes because that is one of the rules is no shit posting or no memes. Yeah. Well, thanks for all the hard work, man. Hey, I'm trying. I, it's, 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 it's fun. And it's also, uh, it shows how much I'm actually on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's pulling you in. That's right. This genre pulls me in so hard. Oh yeah, that too. So you had a release with uh, Vito on DMT tapes that we talked about. You also had another one for uh, Ghoul's Night Out. And that record was actually half remixes of you that other people made. Can you tell us about that? We had some big names on there like you know, Cat Corp, Twin Pines Mall, um, V Timo, Mist, Ghost from Another Room yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, well, funny that you said Ghost from Another Room. Um, that is actually Cat System Corp. That's how he wanted to be identified on the album. I have no, yeah, I have no reason 
to figure out why he wanted to do that. I think it was just something that he wanted to do. And I'm like, Hey, it's your, you're the man, dude. I'm not going to mess with you. But, um, yeah, so it was, um, it was going to be an EP at first. It was just going to be those songs, those songs that I made, but uh, I knew, you know, I knew these guys well enough, uh, within, um, the genre or the community that I want. I, I liked their sound enough that I wanted them to maybe try to see if they wanted to remix my songs. It's all about communicating with these people on uh, Twitter or just, you know, in general, you need to be a fan and maybe just, you know, comment on a video or a comment on their uh, Bandcamp or SoundCloud track. And you could just have a conversation with these people. Um, but Mist and Cat System Corp had worked on uh, remixes for uh, Gloria Wave back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I had asked them again to work on it again uh, on another track because um, I just really liked what they did with it. And then V Tomo, I had worked with him with, um, I believe it was on the Up and Comers 2018 um album compilation through halcyon tapes which was also a really fun project not to side sidestep this topic but That's it was fine. you know a lot of those people I'm, I'm glad they're still around uh making music um vinyl dial i know um arius realm i think that was one of the first people that i had talked talked to um uh, sheepy turtle shout out to sheepy turtle or just sheep um I've been friends with her through uh, one of these chat rooms of mine for quite some time. And I've, I think I've might've given her a vaporwave bug in a sense that uh, she started to make her own stuff and I'm really proud of her and uh, I'm really excited to hear what else she makes. For sure. But um, back to um, ghouls night out. I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted people to um, just try their hand at my stuff. I always see, I always saw it happen yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm thrilled that those those guys uh, wanted to work on those tracks. It's just a fun little album that uh, Vito had asked me to put up. I think there was uh, an anniversary coming up for DMT, and he had asked me if I had anything to um, because he really enjoyed uh, Garbage Phantom a lot. That mm-hmm. he wanted me to see if there was anything else I had up my sleeve, and I had said, "Yeah, I'm working on that." and and then the last step, I believe, was getting the art done for it. And um, typically, um, you know, some of the art is uh, that for my albums is from other people. Sometimes it's from me. But um, this this uh, Ghoul's Night Out, I had uh, Stevia Sphere do it for me because uh, I really enjoyed her uh, 3D modeling album covers for, uh, was it Glacial, Glacier Sphere? And uh, just her, her uh, no, no, uh, Glacier is the project. Steviosphere is the other project. Um, I really liked the artwork that she had done for those album covers. And I had asked her if she would do something of uh, kind of like an N64 low poly ghosts in an alleyway. And uh, she delivered. It looks uh, uh, fucking incredible. I honestly wish I could do like a little seven inch lathe of that with like a couple of those songs on there. Uh, maybe that'll be something down the road too. Yeah, that, that's sweet. Uh, I always wonder about people's collaborations and how they connect with everybody. Um, and you've done some with some other people, Babe Fake, to name one, and he's probably my favorite producer. Um, so that that was really exciting for me when that happened. And then Sad Chasey as well, who I also love. Awesome, yeah. Well, Babe Fake. Big fake. I've been a fan of his since I've I've discovered his uh, one of his tapes through uh, advertising in the uh, VCC. 
Uh, it was for one of his Naughty Night releases. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's got like uh, it's got the uh, Ultraman or someone on the front of it. Um, and yeah, it just it's it's an album that just I don't know. It makes me get up and want to dance. It's one of those vaporwave albums that just makes me want to like feel energy and get excited for the genre. And I think a lot of people need to check that dude out because he's got a lot of great albums. Um, I think his most recent one or not even his most recent one off of uh, gorgeous lights uh, was the midnight watchman is probably one of my top five uh, favorite vaporwave albums. And then Sad Chasey, I've gotten to know through the VCC as well. Um, he had been promoting his um, Escalator Traveler and uh, Holographic. And just the just the designs alone made me want to talk and see what he was about and get to know him. And um, we ended up working on a track, uh, which was, uh, I think, uh, the theme song or at least a, a track in uh, Monster Squad, which happened to be one of his favorite movies as a kid, I guess. And uh, so it was really fun to collaborate on that. I really wish I really wish um, we'd collaborate more or at least um, he would stick to his Sad Chasey project. I know he's been working on some other stuff recently, but... Um... I, uh, I really hope he sticks around and uh, keeps going because not only does he uh, make really good uh, vaporwave music, but he makes uh, music videos for each of his tracks. And I mean, if you haven't already, Google uh, YouTube his uh, his channel and just check out some of his videos. He he puts really really good work into it. Yeah, for sure. I love those videos. I have a crazy folder that I've been working on over the years of all the videos people make for their songs oh perfect yeah and i just have it on loop sometimes when people come over and yeah, his pop up all the time you can really tell that he he puts in the time you know i mean the thing the thing about sad chasey too um i will say is the um when he first came into the uh, the vcc to show off his uh tapes uh i don't think anybody has seen or um or even thought about doing like holographic J cards at all. Yeah. Like I, I think everybody was really blown away by that. I think it was, I think it was 420, uh, April 20th, two years ago when he released, um, escalator traveler with, um, not only was it like the VHS, but then, or the cassette, but it was also the VHS that was with it. Mm -hmm. And I think he also did a CD of that as well. I mean, he had done everything he had made it uh, was a Betamax for that album, um, like a CD that's in the shape of like a PlayStation disc and like a case and stuff. Like the dude really like such a creative guy. Just to even think about doing that like was really um, it was a step in in a, a direction for some people to start experimenting more with their designs of their uh, their J cards and their their case designs. Well, I always wonder how people are going to push the envelope and do the next big thing. So when that happened, that was like, okay, I see where where we're at now. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got, I yeah, like to... from there. Yeah, from there, from this holographic, you then see start seeing more Obi strips uh, coming out on tapes, or you start to see uh, special bags or special just little little details that make it like that more unique. It's just I don't know. These people come up with these crazy cool ideas. Yeah, it's it really is amazing. Such such creative people out there. 
I bow to every single one of you. <laughs> well, man, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like we've been talking for almost two hours now, an hour and a half at least. And um, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. it was such a, a wonderful conversation to have. So, you know, we really appreciate it. Uh, do you have anything you wanted to say before we, we let you go? Yeah. Uh, well, first, I want to uh, say uh, thank you to Private Suite Magazine for not only releasing my album and getting it out there with the uh, the Patreon fans. Um, thank you for this interview. And uh, I just want to say, you know, if you are somebody that is, you know, either starting out in vaporwave or you're you're cre- just creating vaporwave in any form. Uh, you know, take your time, you know, just remember that it's, it's you, you're making this for you, um, or you should be making it for you. And, um, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, if something's not working out, just maybe take a step back from it. Just, you know, maybe put it off for a day or two, maybe even a week. Um, if you're really struggling, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Um, I, like I said, uh, I had a thing going on earlier week where i was just not feeling myself and just not feeling the vibes of making music but you know once you start talking to people and you you communicate with your uh the community you start to realize like you know you know people are actually out there that want to listen to your stuff you just got to give you just got to give yourself a chance first before you uh before you call it quits you know Mm -hmm. no that's that's really heartwarming yeah just keep it keep your mental health in check i'm i don't know i don't know the uh like i'm 29 years old uh i just started seeing a therapist it's been great to talk about my feelings and stuff as a man too uh don't be afraid to share your emotions with people uh it's 2019 don't worry so much about the the toxic masculinity in our world there's so many things going on out there that you need to worry about and you don't need to worry about you need to worry about your emotions and what's going on in in your head dude you're the best like i'm sure there's a lot of people out (laughs) Uh, there that are really happy to have heard that from someone with such great uh you know yeah as successful as you yeah it's it's not easy it's not easy in this world especially if you're in the united states right now and you're looking at our politics it's not easy for people right now uh it sucks so much but uh you just got to keep your chin up you know surround yourself with positive people and just keep you know just keep on doing what you what you feel comfortable and what you like the most that's great man thanks so much so if people want to follow you uh where can they find you uh, you can find me. I'm I I'm everywhere on all the social medias. But if you want to find me and talk to me specifically, you can hit me up on Twitter at Trash Ghost, and that's Trash Ghost one word and the zero instead of an O in Ghost. Wicked man. Well, thanks again. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the thanks for the time and conversation. No problem. Well, have a great rest of your day in Wisconsin, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. Take care, my friend. What a charming fellow. It was so nice to get to talk to him. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, we're going to leave you with some music. And today, you get two songs. The first song is called Value, and the second is Honest, featuring Babefake. And both of his songs are off of his newest record, Spectral Lament. Thank you so much, everybody, and take care. <laughs>